Hey Lovely Creeks and welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host Amanda. And I'm Hannah. And if you're new here, hi, welcome. If you like things strange and unusual and true crime, you can go ahead and hit that subscribe or follow button. You can also head on down to the description box and you'll see a link that will take you to our link tree where you can find our social media, social media, like Instagram, Facebook, and all that jazz. And all that jazz. Yeah. So we're not on video. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, we're not going to tell you guys when we're going to be on video because every time we try to do something, it fucks up. So yeah. we're just going to do it when we do it. When you see us on video on YouTube, you'll be like, ah, look at that. Yeah. Because <laughs> something happened with the I don't know what delay. was going on. There was Some, a delay with our going voice. On. Um, we tried. We did video. try. Yeah. I so. Have- Full face of makeup on. I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. We were set up, lights, camera, action. There was no no action. action. (laughs) But anyways, so um, yeah, we decided to do this one. And you know what? If we can't get on video on YouTube, maybe it wasn't meant to be. Maybe God's like, don't do it. Yeah. Maybe it's a sign. You're not gonna enjoy it. (laughs) It's like they're gonna bully you. Yeah. (laughs) Because we lay in our bed. On our bellies and yeah. do this podcast. So maybe yeah. he's like, nah, you're not going to enjoy it. Don't, don't push it. So anyways, um, yeah, maybe we'll have that next week for you guys. Uh, let's talk about real quick, um, Brian Laundrie and that fiasco. Um, there's a lot of conspiracy theories going out there about Brian Laundrie and like, have oh my God. Have we done this? Huh? The Conjuring 2, sorry. Have we done Mm-mm. this? No. Oh, I just I just listened to too many podcasts. We did the first one. Yeah. Okay. I listened um, to too many podcasts and I get them mixed up. Okay. Go ahead. Laundry. You skipped past laundry. Um. Yes. So anyways, Brian Laundry. Yeah. Everybody knows. If you don't know by now, he has been found um, dead. Yep. His bones were found. They identified him by his dental records. I believe they said that they had a head. They have his head. Because some people were like, oh, maybe he just threw his teeth out there and then took off. I'm like, yeah, because that's how the FBI does shit. Yeah. Lazily. Like, oh, yeah, these look like they match. <laughs> what the fuck? Anyways. Um, Especially with this case, because this case is huge. Sorry, I'm trying not to <coughs> sneeze. Bless you. Excuse me. <laughs> I just did it. No, I'm trying not to curse as much. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to tone it down. Okay. So, anyways. um, But, yeah. He... There's just still a bunch of conspiracy theories around there. Now, I will say it is really weird how his parents, like... Went to the reserve on the first mm-hmm. day that it opened back up to the public. They were like, yeah, we'll come help you guys. And then they go. And they weren't followed by the police. Like, if you see, like, a video of them, they're just, like, off doing their own thing in the woods by themselves. It's just really odd to me. I don't I don't get that whole yeah. scenario. One person I will say, um, on TikTok, of course, there was someone that was like, well, maybe... This is just their theory. They were Mm -hmm. like, maybe they got offered, like, a deal in order Mm -hmm. to give up the body. Maybe they've known where he was, Mm -hmm. or maybe they knew that he had died, or something like that. But it's um, just weird. Like, how was his body? How was his body? They they found uh, bones. I'm I'm not quite sure. I know that I've read somewhere Mm -hmm. that they found a skull, and maybe another part of his body, like a leg or something. But this part... Mm -hmm was underwater okay and i know what you're probably thinking because you've probably seen it on tiktok people have been like how can a body decay that quickly especially in water well there's already been medical examiners that have come on and said that on tiktok and stuff like that and they've said yes this can very much happen and they showed articles of like um 
one article, it was in a medical journal, this girl in Mississippi that had decayed mm-hmm. within like a week and she was in like moist conditions, hot, lots of animals, lots of uh, bugs. And you got to think he's in a reserve. I mean, he's in the water. True. He's with alligators. He's with So bugs. is his body decapitated apart? I don't like know. I mean, I'm, a, I'm guessing. I'm just speculating mm-hmm. at this point. But they Does haven't it seem like come out a suicide or no? They haven't said anything. Okay. Because this case is It just... could have been a suicide, and he could have been eaten up by... Some, some of his body eaten by an alligator. There's tons That's of alligators true. out there. Um, this is in Florida. I mean, this is in, like... I feel like this case is going to be unsolved. The swampy areas, so... Yeah, it's definitely... I mean, Gabby's is unsolved, for yeah, sure. I mean, we don't me. have a clue what happened, yeah. and we won't ever know. All we can know is that she was killed, more than likely by him. Let's not lie here, because mm-hmm. why would you flee and never look back? Um... But we just don't know. So, anyways, that's what's going on with that. Hopefully, you guys don't get wrapped up in all the conspiracy theories. Like, I'm like, you know, him pulling his teeth out and laying on the ground and then walking off and going to another country. Like, that just, that baffled my mind. I was like, there's, there's legitimate people out there that believe that. Yeah. Um, there's some people that believe that this was all just a distraction from our lives in the government. And I'm just like, mm, pretty sure it wasn't, but okay. Yeah. Um, but what is the government doing right now? Like, what? I, I don't know. I mean, it's shit. Our gas prices are high I mean, yeah. and everything fucking, everything is It's high. obvious so, that's going to happen. I mean, I still was paying attention to what was going on with our gas prices and food prices and all that whilst figuring out what was happening yeah, with Gabby. We can do multiple we can, things. We can multitask, I'm pretty sure. We're not babies. Some of you can multitask out there. So. Government's like, look over here. Yeah. And we're like, ah. <laughs> I mean, there are some people that can't multitask, but I can, so. Yeah. Anyways, just don't, don't, uh, try not to get sucked into all those conspiracy theories. I like a good conspiracy theory as much as the best, as much as the other person, but the best person. The best person. <laughs> Whatever. But, um, yeah. Okay. We're going to get started. I have talked entirely too long about Brian Laundry, and that's not what we're talking about oh, today. Yeah. Today, we are going to be talking about, uh, the infield poltergeist, which mm-hmm. is the basis for the movie The Conjuring 2. Um, It's based off this case. This case has been recorded as one of the most documented hauntings slash poltergeist activity cases um, in England. I believe in the world. I'm not exactly sure. But it it was pretty well documented by, like, media, newspapers, other paranormal investigators. And, yes, this does have to do with Ed and Lorraine Warren, but they don't come into this until the end, like the very end. And it's Mm kind of weird. There is so many people that don't believe this case. Then there's other people that do. I don't know how I feel. Um, there's a lot of crazy shit that happens, so we're going to hop into it because it's long. In 1977, the, Hod- the what? Hodgins, Hodgins. Okay. <laughs> family lived in a townhouse in 284 Green Street, Enfield, London. Peggy is the mother. Then we have Margaret, who's 12, Janet, who's 11, Johnny, who's 10, and Billy, who's 7. Peggy works a lot because she was a single mom. They lived there for a while before all the craziness started happening. So first when they lived there, they moved there because um, she got a divorce. And Mm -hmm. they lived there for a long time. And then um, it was a townhouse. Keep that in mind. So so for those of you that don't know, a townhouse, um, one part. And, and this 
sometimes it's upstairs, downstairs, but in London, in this part of, of the, um, where they were, one side was one townhouse and one side was the other. So it's this huge house, but one side someone lives on this, like, someone lives on the right side, mm-hmm. the upstairs and downstairs, and someone lives on the left so side. Is it duplex? Is that what it's called? I think a duplex is top and bottom. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Never mind. But whatever. Whatever the case is, they basically had someone living right beside them um, a wall's distance away. So keep yeah. that in mind because they're going to come into this as well. So August 30th, 1977, Janet and Johnny headed off to bed. While sleeping, they started to feel like there was something in the room with them. And their bed started to shake side to side, is what they mm. told their mom. Mm. Peggy thought the kids were playing around and she didn't want... To go upstairs at first to check on them. Then she eventually went upstairs because they, she, like they were constantly screaming and being loud, and so she was like, "Okay, they're acting up. Like, you know, they're being kids." When Peggy got to the room, she noticed that the kids were terrified, and Janet um, told her what was happening. Peggy didn't believe them, obviously, because the beds weren't shaking, and she was like, "Go back to sleep. You know, whatever." Mm-hmm. The next night, about nine thirty. Janet woke up to the sound that sounded like a chair being scraped across the floor. And they had a chair in their room. So that she starts freaking out. And she notices that her little brother Johnny's asleep. So she goes over there and like wakes him up. And she's like, hey, do you hear that? What yeah. the hell is that sound? Yeah. To which Johnny told her, yes, I can hear that as well. The chair was sitting in the corner of the room in the dark. <sighs> Negative. And uh, <laughs> Peggy... Um, she was downstairs, you know, having a glass of wine or whatever, and she heard the kids upstairs, like, talking to each other, whispering, yeah. and she was thinking, oh, these freaking kids, they've got to go to bed. Yeah. So, she went to check on them, and she turned on the light, but when she did, she saw, what she saw was the kids were sitting on the bed talking and not asleep like they were supposed to be. Of course, they told their mom what happened, and yet again, she didn't believe them, she takes the chair out of the room and puts it downstairs. She tells the kids to go back to sleep, but when she turns off the light, she starts to hear the shuffling, scratching sound, too. She said it almost sounded like someone was walking across the floor with their slippers on, shuffling. Oh. At first, they thought it was the I chair. So, but when the chair was gone, then they said it sounded like something else. Mm. Um, Peggy then realized, like, oh, shit something's going on yeah they also were hearing knocks on the walls like different knocks they thought maybe it was their neighbors but they weren't sure however the dresser in the room all of a sudden slid across the floor just a little bit into the middle of the room um where the kids were standing she tries to move the dresser back like push it back and Mm -hmm. almost like someone was on the other side holding it there she Mm -hmm. couldn't push it She tells the kids to get downstairs now, and they all run downstairs, and then they run over to the neighbor's house, which their neighbor was right next door, like the neighbor that they live right by or in the same duplex with or whatever. Um, The neighbor's name was Vic, and he had a family as well, but the wife and the kid, I think think he had kids. They're not mentioned, so I'm just going to talk about Vic. Vic was the man next door. So, Vic thought that Peggy was crazy, obviously, because, she, you know, this woman's coming over in the middle of the night and asking what's going on. She she did ask, you know, have y'all been banging on the walls, all this stuff, and he was like, no. 
he told her he would go to the house to see, you know, what was going on. Maybe somebody was, like, messing with him. Maybe somebody had broke in. He just wasn't sure. So when Vic got to the house with Peggy, they started walking around, and he heard knocks on every wall he walked by. So every time he would walk over to one wall, like, if he'd walk in the living room, there would be knocks on the walls. Walk upstairs, knocks on the walls, kitchen, so on and so forth. So, they decided to call the police, which they did. At 1 a.m., September 1st, the police arrived. Peggy tells them that, you know, what's going on, and obviously they think, okay, she's crazy. Yeah. This is a haunted house situation, and even if it is haunted, like, I don't know how we're going to help you. (laughs) I'm very proud that they called the police, because most people are just like, eh, and then they go to bed. Yeah. Well, Like, at least she's, like, scared, and she's like, okay, I gotta do something. Yeah. Well... Anyways, we'll, we'll get to that. So, they think that she, um, like I said, is crazy or whatever. So, they are standing in the living room when they start hearing the knocking on the walls as well. The police start searching the house because they think, okay, maybe it's like a leaky pipe. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe it's just the sounds of the house settling or whatever. They obviously found nothing when they got back to the living room. They saw a chair move across the floor on its own. So, that at that point, they were like... Oh, oh okay. <laughs> and so, and you know, remember in the movie, that's yeah. what happened. Yeah. Basically, like, the police the were police like... The police actually see it, which right, is awesome. well, we can't help you. <laughs> so, yeah. they wrote everything down in a report, and there is a report, and they said that there's really nothing else they can do. Like, they can't really help them, but they'll write it down and, you know, have it in their report, which is a good thing, I guess. Um... So, they just reported strange noises, and they did talk about the chair in the report, but it says there were strange noises in the house, and the chair moved on its own. Yeah. Over the next few days, they would see shadowy figures, toys, Legos would fly across the room. Sometimes, the Legos or the toys would hit the hit the kids or the mom in the face, mm. which, fuck that. Legos suck, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> while trying to sleep, they would be awoken by objects hitting them in the face. Things flying off shelves. Just a lot of poltergeist activity. Of course, you know, beds shaking and all that normal stuff that we've heard before. Mm-hmm. The neighbor, Vic, who lives in the same townhouse, you know, um, he was very supportive. And he did believe that there was something going on. But he wasn't experiencing anything himself. Which is kind of odd, considering they're in the same building. Yeah. But, I mean... I guess it's also, there's been apartments that have been haunted before. Well, maybe other it's person. just the poltergeist hooking onto the family. Mm-hmm. That could be it. Um, so, September 4th, Peggy was fed up, and she decided that she was going to go to the media, which some people are kind of like, uh, why would you do that? You know what I mean? Yeah. But she wasn't a religious woman, and she knew that she couldn't go to the church because they weren't going to help her. Because, you know, usually a Catholic church, you have to be pretty devout in order to get help from them. Mm. Um, so, the media sent a journalist and a photographer out to the house. When they arrived, the first thing they said that they saw was they noticed that the house was like a wreck. There was stuff everywhere. Toys, furniture everywhere, just covers and all this other stuff. And they felt like something was off. Like... It was just, like, a mom trying to get money. No, no, no. Like, a mom just trying to get, like, money or get publicity or something like that. Um, The photographer and the journalist didn't see anything that day. Um, That night, they decided to leave. So, they were like, okay, we don't see anything. It's nighttime. You know, 
Bye. <laughs> we gotta yeah. get out of here. You're just crazy. Um, but Peggy said when they left, it started again. Like, as right after they left and walked out the door. Coincidence. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, like, it's almost like whatever was in there was waiting for the media to leave. Luckily, the men had not left the premises, though. So, she runs outside and she's like, oh my god, it's happening again. Come back in right now. And when the men come back inside, that was when they saw things flying around the room. Knives, spoons, Legos, cars, etc. Toys, blankets. All these things were just flying around the room. The photographer had his camera out and tried to take pictures, but whenever um, he went to take the pictures, he couldn't get the camera to focus. And then he got hit in the head with a Lego, is what he said. Um, So hard that it actually busted like his eyebrow open. Damn. He eventually got a photo, but when, um, but the photo ended up being nothing. So when he went to de- develop it, oh. when he went to develop the it photos, it was blank. Some of these photos, also they've said when they went to develop them, there was like blackness on them, so they couldn't develop them, oh. which is kind of odd, and you'll see why later, because there are some photos out there of this thing, whole situation, but mm. anyways... The next morning, Peggy talked to a senior reporter, George Fallis, Fallis? Um, and he told her maybe she should move out. Peggy told him that she didn't want to because she didn't want to move the kids again, and she wanted them to be in a stable home, which it's not stable, obviously. Um, it And it wasn't the fact that she couldn't afford it. At that point, she said... It's not that I can't afford to move. It's just that we don't... I don't want to uproot them again. And I'm sitting there thinking, if they can't sleep... Yeah. That's weird. I'd just get out. (laughs) Yeah. So that was another reason why people were kind of like, yeah, that's weird. Now, there have been situations where people haven't been able to move, but it's been because of finances or something like that. which is understandable. I mean, kind of, but not really, because I'd live on the street. But whatever. Um, George told her that she needed an expert in the house. Uh, to see what was going on. So she told, I mean, he told her to call the Society of Physical Research. Society of Physical Research. Mm. She got in touch with Maurice Gross and September 5th, Maurice arrived to the house. He told her, he told them that it seemed like a poltergeist. Um, you know, obviously. And all was quiet for some nights after he got there but then September 8th came around and that night was when um, all these people were in the house like the man from the media Maurice he was downstairs and keep like they were trying to just they were all there kind of and kind of I guess in the movie they kind of do that like there's a bunch of different people there of course it's Ed and Lorraine Lauren but that's not the case Okay. Because so, they don't come into the very They don't end. come okay. into the very, very end of this whole story. But, so, well, no, because I guess in the movie there is some media coverage there I at the beginning. The movie. We just watched the movie not too long ago. Me and Isaac did. Um, but, anywho, so they're all downstairs when they hear a loud crash in Janet's room. A chair had been thrown about five feet across the room, and Janet was sitting in the middle of her bed. The photograph caught this on film as well but the next day um 
it got lost, like the film was lost or something like that, which is a little mm. odd, but whatever. Maurice was standing in the hallway and saw the bathroom door open and close over and over again. Then he said he felt a cold, cold presence down by his feet, and the air around him started to make him sick. He said Janet seemed to be the center of the activity because anywhere that she went, things got worse. He thought that Janet was either possessed or maybe something was had attached itself to her. And at this point, he contacted the paranormal investigator named Guy Playfair. That is a name and a half. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's his real name, but if it is... Bro. Um, <laughs> Guy Playfair. Guy, you better play fair. Yeah. So, September 12th, Guy arrives to the house to set up all of his cameras and paranormal activity gadgets and stuff like that. Later that night, they started seeing things fly across the room. Like, marbles were flying everywhere. And then they noticed that the marbles were, um, if they would fly like, at the wall, and they would like get stuck on the wall. They wouldn't get stuck in the wall, just, just on the wall, on and they wall. wouldn't move. Or if they would fly on the ground. Like a magnet? Anywhere they fell, they would just stick. Not roll, just stick. Mm -hmm. It was really weird. Yeah. All the photos they were trying to take were just black masses, like I said earlier, and the cameras were not working very well. However, the cameras would work outside the house over the next couple of nights. So, like, if they go outside and take a picture, it would work mm -hmm. out there, but it wouldn't work inside. Which, poltergeists do mess with electrical currents and stuff like that. So, that part, if it wasn't really a poltergeist, I could definitely believe that that would happen. Um, over the next couple of nights, they experienced all kinds of, like, paranormal activity things. Peggy and Guy thought maybe, um, that there was a child spirit in the house, which I don't know why they thought that, but whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so, they just thought maybe, because, I guess because Janet was the one that was being messed with so bad, so they thought maybe there was just a, a child spirit in the house that was messing with them. You know, throwing stuff and being crazy. Um, <laughs> uh, when they were talking about it, though, in and in the house, they ran down in the living room and they were talking about it. Janet was screaming in her room upstairs, and they ran as fast as they could upstairs. When they got there, the dresser was blocking the door. They were able to move it eventually and get her out. Once they got her out, Janet was like, "I'm not going back in that room. I don't want to go back in the room." Vic, the neighbor, told Peggy that over the next couple of days, he would be outside in his garden. He would look up at the windows, and the curtains would be, like, moving side to side. And one time, he looked up, and he saw an old woman with gray hair smiling down at him. Huh. No. For weeks, there was noises all over the house, objects being thrown around still everywhere constantly. Mm -hmm. um, and if you've ever seen The Poltergeist, the movie The Poltergeist, then you know, like, that's... And there have really been people that, and this is one of them, if you believe the story, um, that have poltergeist, and that's what they do. They'll flicker yeah. lights, or they'll move objects, or something like that. And so, um, what I, I'm curious because I don't really know what is the difference. There's like a lot of ghosts in, uh, like a poltergeist. What is it? The poltergeist. A lot of ghosts in in a area, um, or so a poltergeist is. I do know that they attach themselves to usually children that are hitting puberty or something like that. So, the actual, like, 
definition of a poltergeist is a poltergeist is a type of ghost or spirit that is responsible for physical disturbances such as loud noises objects being moved around or destroyed most claims about um this are like also someone can be pinched bit hidden or tripped um so it's not necessarily multiple spirits it's just any, I guess any type of spirit that messes with objects or... Because, you know, sometimes that doesn't happen. Sometimes yeah. people just hear this things or just they very, see things. Like, or strong. Yeah. Um, a strong energy. It has a very strong energy. Yeah. Because, like, in um, the... The Perrin, The Perrin family. Oh, and the, yeah. Like, the first Conjuring. Mm-hmm. They didn't really have any of that. They didn't have things like that going on. They just had... Messing with people. Messing with people. They would get drug. Some, you know, somebody would be drug around or they would yeah. see shadows uh, or okay. something like that. So there's just different right. levels, I guess. Um, even when okay. they would get rid of the objects, like one time they took Janet's room and they completely like got everything out of there. Because a lot of the activity was happening in her room. Yes, it would happen all over the house, but mainly in her room or upstairs close to her room Mm -hmm. so which made a lot of people also think that she was doing all this i digress so they took what she would what that makes sense so they took all the objects out of her room and nothing was in there but they said that they started hearing like a shaking going on like a vibrating Mm -hmm. in her room and there was a fireplace a steel fireplace that was bolted to the wall and when they went up there the fireplace was moved from Damn. the wall. So obviously guy at this point was like okay, a child can't do that. The mom's not going up there and doing that like something's going on. He yeah. went to the community of fellow paranormal investigators and he told them everything that was going on. And they told um him of course they didn't believe him. They thought that it was just the family doing it or the kids doing it or whatever. For I don't know for whatever reason. Something to note also, um, which I just said this. Never mind. I said that about the poltergeist. Um, but they tend to latch on to kids that yeah. are going through puberty, which is really weird to me. It sucks because my son's about that age. <laughs> um, Why do they do that? That makes no sense. I don't know. They also latch on to negative energy, which makes sense in this case because she had just gotten a divorce. So, there was a lot of negative energy when they moved into the house with the mom and just all that. So, they decided to call in a medium. They called in Anne and George. These were the mediums. And they came... So, the mediums were set to come the next day to the house. Well, that night, Janet started having a nightmare. And I think they were all down in the living room. She started having a nightmare and she was like screaming in her sleep or whatever. And they were trying to wake her up and they couldn't wake her. They finally woke her up, and when they did, she was super pale, and she was, like, scared to death. She mm-hmm. didn't say what happened or nothing like that. But the next day, the mediums got there. Janet was hiding from them. She, it was almost like she couldn't be near them. Anytime mm-hmm. they would come around to a room, she would just leave and go to the next room or whatever. Anne and George, um, they decided they were going to try to pray and then take a moment to try to contact whatever was in the house. Moments later, after they started praying... Anne started talking in another strange voice. George decided to tell the spirit, speaking through Anne, to leave the house. And it wasn't 
allowed there. It wasn't working, though, because Anne started spitting at George and said, I'm not leaving, I'm not leaving, over and over again. After this, when Anne got, like, back to her normal self and got her shit together, um, George, uh, she told George that she believed there were multiple dark spirits in the house and there was also a dark spirit that had lived there previously that practiced black magic in the house. This is all what they said. But there wasn't really anything they told Peggy. So they told Peggy when they got ready to leave, Peggy was like, okay, what do I do? Like, we need to cleanse this house. Like, what do we need to do? They were like, oh, just stay positive and be calm and everything will be okay. That's like somebody going up to somebody that says they have depression and be like, oh, just be happy. Yeah, just just go be happy. You're fine. Just be happy. Um, so yeah, really odd. I don't know. So nothing really came from those mediums. I'm not saying that they weren't legit mediums, but it was just a little weird. They didn't help them out any more than that. So uh, whatever. Um, by the end of October, they are still living in this house for some reason, which I have no clue why I would have moved along a long time before now. So it seemed that this spirit or these entities or whatever started messing with both the girls, Jan and Margaret. Jan was not doing well in school. Well, no shit, because she's, you know, being can't sleep. She's being haunted. Yeah. Um, the behavior, her behavior also started to get really bad in school as well. To the point where the principals and the teacher wanted to, like, talk to Peggy. So Peggy goes to the school and she tells them what's going on. Which you would think they would be like, oh, okay, you're crazy. But they didn't. They actually were like, just move. Get out of the house. Peggy told them the reason that she didn't want to move this time was because they had no other option and no other place to go. And they couldn't afford it. So now she's saying that they can't afford it. Which maybe that could have been true the whole time yeah. or whatever. We don't know. Maybe she just didn't want to tell people that they could. Yeah. Afford it. At first. They did, however, go on a vacation. Um, they went away for a little bit, which was a good which idea, I guess. But when they got back from their vacation, things got a lot worse. It's almost like the ghosts or the spirits, whatever, were pissed off because they left. Mm-hmm. Way more activity for all hours of the day. Sheets, sheets, like bed sheets would be ripped into shreds off off the bed and mm. then like ripped in the air you know and fall into the ground like you know yeah wow some freddy krueger shit yeah uh, blank- <laughs> blankets etc just all the kind of stuff there were some paranormal people in the community that guy was in you know the paranormal investigator that was there mm. um his community of people did come to the house but every time they would come they wouldn't see anything so, at this point, the only people that have seen things are the neighbor, the family, um, Maurice, who was the guy, the journalist guy, oh. and then um, Guy, guy, yeah. <laughs> guy Playfair, who was the paranormal investigator. Of course, you do have the police that made the report, but they don't ever come back. And you have media coverage, but they don't ever really see anything substantial. Like, there's no actual evidential proof, I guess you could say. Like, tangible, you know. During the months of November, November, Janet started to become more and more angry. She would also have unusual strength and would run into the walls and slam her head into the wall and then just be fine 
She started cursing a lot and speaking in other low-toned voices. She also told her mom someone was trying to suffocate her in her sleep. And then one time she said there was an old man downstairs that she saw. Um, Janet also started to attack different people as well. They even contacted a doctor one night because she was like having a fit upstairs. Mm -hmm. And the doctor came and he gave her a shot of Valium. He was like, okay, this is going to knock her out. She's going to get some good rest. Why the doctor didn't say, like, if you didn't think it was real, then the doctor should have said, she needs to be evaluated, like, tomorrow. You yeah. need to bring her into the psychiatric ward. Or you we need, need to, like, evaluate her. And then also, why would, God, this mother is pissing me off. She needs to, like, be like, hey, it's time to move. Like, it's time to exactly. go. They all went back downstairs after he gave her the shot of Valium. Then they heard her screaming really loudly upstairs. They go run back upstairs, and Janet is... All her covers have been ripped off her bed, and she is on a dresser, on her knees, kind of, mm -hmm. screaming, but still asleep. Like, she's hunched over on oh, her knees. Wow. There's a picture of it. The picture is a little, it's a little odd. Like, I mean, it, it does look like she's, um, asleep, but, I, I don't know, it could be fake, I guess. Um... I was trying to find the picture for you, but, uh, I don't know. Anyways, it could be fake. You guys can look it up if you want to. There's I've some seen other, yeah, the you've pictures. seen these pictures where she's flying across the But it looks room. like she's jumping. Yeah. And they just do it midair. It, it does. And that's another thing that we'll talk about, um, here in just a second, as a matter of fact. So, anyways, they did get some one to hypnotize Janet and you know because they were like okay if she is faking it then she needs to be hypnotized to see if she's really faking it or not mm -hmm. and they asked her you know what's going on and she said that someone with cold hands would drag her out of bed every night and try to kill her mm -hmm. things started happening to Margaret after this Maurice decided to try and talk to the spirits through Dan Janet and asked if anyone was here, could they make themselves known. Then, just like in the movie, Janet starts speaking in a man's voice. And she says that she's Joe Watts, who was an old man that used to live there. Mm -hmm. Guy actually asked Joe um, if he would go, like if he would leave. And Janet just said, she screamed, fuck off. Um, they even did the water thing where she put the water in her mouth, just like in the movie. But in this case, they actually taped her mouth shut and they said that she was still having that voice. That voice was still coming through somehow, like this raspy Damn. voice. Yeah. Janet would also talk for hours and after she would talk, she would go back to talking completely normal, which some people are like, well... She could talk like that, you know. She could make her voice sound like that, which is true. But going back to a completely normal voice after that and not having any sort of soreness or, like, yeah. raspiness. And then also taping the voice up. Like yeah. Like, what? Come on, guys. It just seems a little... It just seems a little believable that she... Especially if she wasn't, like, in pain after she did this for hours. I mean, mm -hmm. this is the little girl we're talking about. This is not, like, a professional vocalist or something yeah. that can, like, change their voice. Janet also had another voice come out from her, and they recorded this one, and this is the Bill Wilkinson's voice. So, just like in the movie where 
he says all that stuff. I'm Bill Wilkinson's. I died in that chair over there. Do you remember yeah, that part yeah, of the movie? I remember that. That is an actual recording. You can look it up on wow. YouTube, on the internet, wherever you can find it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one thing that is odd about it, though, and even the investigators were saying the one thing that was weird was that this spirit, like, was kind of like cracking jokes. And he was being funny. And he was also... Some of the things he would say sounded really childish. Like, they asked him, why do you mess with Janet in her bedroom? And he said, because I was sleeping there. And it's just like, what? Like, what? Yeah. What? what? That doesn't make any sense. So, there was an... And also, um, he... Another thing that's really odd, and a lot of people, the reason why they don't believe this case is because we've never had a voice recording of something paranormal coming through like that. This is the first time that's ever happened, which there can always be first, but we've never had that happen since. Like with people that are possessed or anything like that, if they try to talk to the other entity, they're never able to do that as clear as this is. You know, like, have a full-blown yeah. conversation with a spirit. That's you know what true. I mean? Yeah. So, a lot of people just, they don't believe it. Um, and I still don't know. I'm, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Especially with the pictures that I've seen with them, like, on the bed. It really does look like they jumped. They're just jumping. Yeah. Like, it literally looks like that. There's also pictures that you guys can look up where it looks like she is being... She said that she was being thrown across the room, but... It really does look like she's jumped out of bed and, like, jumped across. I don't know. Um, there was a delivery man that, like, delivered bread. And there was a woman across the street that said that they... They both said that they saw Janet floating in midair in her window um, on her back. Yeah. So, that was something. Some people think that Maurice and Guy were setting all this up and recording all this and, like stirring up all this craziness so that way they could, you know, be Make famous or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like telling her what to say, feeding her all these lines and stuff like that. There are photos of this case, like I said, and you can go look at those. Um, in the summer of 1978, Janet begged her mother, please let's move out. I want to leave. I want to get out. Um, but she didn't. No, no. Peggy was like, no, we're not leaving. So, the torment that this child was going through happened for nine months. And it got so much media coverage and so much newspaper coverage that it warranted Ed and Lorraine Warren to decide to check out this place. Because they Mm -hmm. were like, hey, some shit's going down. We need to go check this out in England. After interviewing Janet, Ed and Lorraine did believe her. And they did believe that there was something in the house. But they thought it was like a demonic spirit. They didn't believe that it was like... You know, just just a regular spirit. They thought yeah. it was something demonic. They thought that maybe she was not fully possessed, but she was close to being there. You know, because yeah. there's three stages, three stages of possession, and they believe she was in the second stage. So they called a priest to come cleanse the house, and a few weeks later, that was it. It was done. Oh, yeah. Okay. The priest came. The priest cleansed the house, and that was it. That was it. Was done. And then nothing happened. Nothing ever happened. That's it. That's weird. No, <laughs> isn't it though? That's I mean, weird. could it have been that maybe they had a demonic spirit and they needed it cleansed in the first place? And these fucking media people and this paranormal guy were like, 
nah, we'll just keep fucking with it, you know, mm-hmm. instead of cleansing the house like it should have been done at the beginning. But being cleansed like that so easily, like usually if it's something, and also it's doing so much that it has to be very strong. Exactly, yeah. So all we have to do is throw some holy water around and be like, da 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 and it'll go away. <laughs> I all right, it's gone. And it's like, damn, okay, well, you know, I can do all that shit. But you know what? That was enough. I'm going to leave. Yeah. Like, no, I don't I don't know. So, um, Janet was subjected to, she was admitted to a hospital, a psychiatric hospital, because they wanted to run some tests. Mm-hmm. Um, so you would think, okay, we're fixing to find out. But maybe she had a little bit of a psychosis or something like that. But no, she didn't. She was completely normal. They, um, she was there for two months. They ran tests on her for two months and kept her in that psychiatric ward, and she was completely normal. Years later, Janet and Margaret finally admitted that they had played with a Ouija board right before all this activity started happening. Which, in the movie, she does have, like, a little makeshift Ouija board that she made. Um, Which, obviously, guys, we're not saying that it's just the Ouija board. It's just the whole concept. You could get a fucking piece of paper and write all that shit out and yeah. start contacting the dead and it's gonna fuck to your life up. <laughs> you can yeah. light a candle and be like, hey guys. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's gonna... That's enough. Because they're like, oh, you want me? Like, Because if you think about it, before the Ouija board came out, back in the 1800s, I mean, there had been seances and stuff like that going on all the time. So, you can contact a spirit. You don't have to have a Ouija board no. to do it. But it definitely doesn't help. And the fact that they sell it as a kid's toy is beyond me. But whatever. They still do that. I they still do it. that. I've seen them at Target in the kids' toy section. Like, and I'm what? Just like, what? This is the funnest board game. Demons, <laughs> this one will last all year. You know? This this board game will last you a lifetime. <laughs> you may have to move your house. Move out of your house. You may get tormented. It'll be fun. You'd think they'd have a lot of lawsuits and they would just like... Yeah. Eventually, obviously, all the kids get older. They move out. Peggy, though, stays there till her dying days in 2003. That's when she passes away in the house. Um, After this, another mother, who's a single mom of four, moves into the house. She didn't know anything about the story or the... Mm -hmm. She didn't know about the house's history. Um, And then she said that they kind of started experiencing paranormal stuff. Like, her kids said they started experiencing stuff and they would see like an old man sometimes like Mm -hmm. walking down the hallway Mm -hmm. so then she kind of done some research two weeks into living there two weeks two weeks two weeks she found out what happened in the house she listened to her kids and what they said and she was like all right fuck this shit we're gone two weeks she moved out (laughs) smart woman she's like Uh, yeah good she's like no i don't (laughs) i'm done that'd be me yeah be like okay for sure the house is being lived in today by a family that wants to remain anonymous. You can go by the house, but you can't, like, go in the house, obviously. Yeah. But you can go by the house. Keep in mind it's in England, so if you don't live there, you can't go by there. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of people that have tried to debunk this case, and a lot of people kind of have debunked it with different theories and things like that. Yeah. But Janet still sticks by today like to this day she's like i don't care if you you can call me crazy if you want to i don't really care i know what happened to me and i know what happened was real Mm. so and keep in mind these people are not rich they're not rich from this no one got rich from this um you know the story 
is pretty close to the movie. I mean, it's yeah. not completely like in the movie they bring in Valak, um, you know, the the nun demon. Yeah. Um, and I've even watched documentaries of the guy that does the whole Conjuring universe. That that Asian guy, what's his name? Um, he also did Saw. Anyways, he's the director. And he said, we do have to put other elements into these movies to make them a little bit more, you know, Hollywood scary. But a lot of times we try to stay true to the story. And they really did in this one. But obviously the crooked man's not in there. And, you know, all that. But um, it's still pretty scary. And I would have not lived in that house for long. That's for sure. I don't know if I believe it. Yeah. So yeah, that is the infield poltergeist. But that is case. a lot of there is a lot of people that say they saw something. Mm-hmm. And there's so. that's not the only. There's also a Prime Video. I think it's a movie um, that they made as well, an A and E movie or something like that. So you can watch that one as well. Um, and then of course The Conjuring Two. You can always watch that. This is the picture of her up on. She's bent over. See how she's bent mm-hmm. over and. But she kind of looks like she's supporting herself with that arm. Yeah, it does look like and that. And she's sitting on it. It's not like she's really... I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah. Um, But I'm not going to say that it didn't happen to her. Because Lord knows if anything like that ever happened to me. I mean, I wouldn't... I'd be like her. I'd be like, I don't give a shit if you believe me or not. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. That's your problem, not mine. Um, also, you know... Uh, there's another... Have you ever heard of the Dibbit Box? So, basically what that is, is that is a... It's a Jewish thing. But, um, they... Like, it can... Anything can be a Dibbit Box. But, basically, it's a spirit that has attached itself to this item. And, um... Mm. It's like a very evil, demonic spirit. And I wanted to do the case on the Dibbit Box... Dibbit Box that is Dibbit that's how you say that that is in uh, Las Vegas actually Post Malone went and saw it it's in like this museum mm-hmm. and he was like scared because supposedly there's like a, a demon in the box basically that mm-hmm. like a demon so bad that it caused like World War II and all this stuff. yeah I mean wow. it's it's a pretty crazy yeah. case but while I was researching the case I just started to get real weird vibes like I just got really freaked out and creeped out by everything and I was just like I don't really want to I don't want to do yeah. this anymore like it was really weird yeah when you started saying that my stomach started hurting yeah it's really really weird um maybe they I opened just, it in 2020 That's what I, it was. yeah probably I just started feeling really weird so I was like yeah we're not gonna do that um yeah but anyways but you guys should research that because that's we might do it one day I don't know but if you want to research that that's pretty crazy um yeah, Post Malone, like, went to the museum, and he, I don't remember what was happening, but anyways, he said he just got really a sick feel, and he was like, I gotta get out of here. Like, I don't wanna, I don't wanna do this anymore. <laughs> but anyways, okay, well, we hope that you guys enjoyed today's spooky episode, and happy Halloween, because by the time this is up, it will be Halloween time, yep. and hopefully this will get you in the mood for Halloween, some good old spooky Poltergeist activities, some deep, some diamonds, stuff like diamonds. that. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we hope you guys have a great weekend, and we'll see you guys next time. Hopefully, we'll be on camera. I don't know what's gonna happen. We're just gonna just, roll the dice. Just flip a coin. Check yeah. it out. All right. 
We'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye.